Mic check one two, mic check one two. Welcome to another edition of the Out of My League podcast. I am Justin. I'm Deshaun. And as always, we are here to give you all the latest sports takes, debates, updates, and of course, the news. (laughs) For sure, man. For sure. How was your weekend? My weekend was good, man. Didn't do too much. Kind of relaxed. Had some sad news to hear about, unfortunately, before we get to anything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, want to mention Dante Wright. Of course. Um... The Minnesota Twins, Timberwolves, and the Wild all canceled their games after the story broke in Minnesota that a police shot and killed Dante Wright at a traffic stop, mistaking her gun for a taser. Yeah, I don't, I'm not buying it. Um, no. First and foremost, I'm no. not buying it. Second of all, why are we still going through this? Until there's a real accountability going on in this country, it will not change. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I I really don't have much words to say. Um, prayers and condolences to his of family, course, his yes. friends, his loved ones, and to all those who can't even feel safe just going outside their homes mm-hmm. and even being in their homes, obviously. Agreed. Because this is unnecessary. This is insane. You've been on the force for 26 years and you mistaken your taser? How? Yeah, there's no way. How? You've been working for 26 years. You accidentally pulled the gun instead of the taser. For you to even come out with that statement is absurd. That sounds reckless. Like, imagine going up to the parent and saying, I accidentally killed your child. Exactly. I accidentally killed your child. What? Yeah, I mean... It it, it sucks. Yeah. It, and, it sucks. And for his mother to have to look her in the face and explain to her why her child is no longer here. Anyway, <laughs> we, we got to move on. We do have to move on, but like I said again, rest in peace to him. Mm-hmm. Prayers and condolences to the families, the friends, and I really hope that they get justice. Definitely. I don't think that the cop that resigned, I don't think that that's good enough. No, I don't it's think, not. I don't think that the she head needs police to be charged chief for is, murder. Yes. That's manslaughter. Charge her for murder, throw her under the jail. Yeah. That's manslaughter. Like that is, that is clear manslaughter. Yeah. And for you to come up with that excuse is even more bogus. So. Exactly. Yeah. But on the football news, man, on this special edition, episode three of our three-part series of the NFL Draft Edition series, we are joined today by none other than Andrew DeCecco, content producer and staff reporter for Inside the Birds. Andrew, man, glad to have you on the podcast. Good to hear from you. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Oh, guys, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm doing great. You know, this is kind of a weird pre-draft cycle. Normally, I would have been making my pro day rounds around this time, mm-hmm. but obviously, with everything shut down, I got to do it virtually. So we're, you know, just kind of making the best out of it. How you guys doing? We're doing good, man. And explain to us real quick, how is that virtual pro day thing? How does that go for you? I mean, you have to you you have to watch the the videos online, and you know, you kind of follow up with all the tweets from the Jim Nagy's of the world, what they're saying, mm-hmm. what everyone's doing, and I'm 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 in, also in contact with with, you know, agents and things like that. So 
it's kind of a uh, you kind of gather as much information as you can and add it to what you already know in the film that you've watched and kind of form your opinions and evaluations based off of all that. It's a little bit tricky because you're seeing all these four three numbers. Obviously, these mm-hmm. guys aren't running four days. All the pro days I've gone to, that is such a rarity that, uh-huh. you know, when you're seeing all these numbers, defensive ends running four threes and four fours, you have to take it all with a grain of salt and kind of go off through your eye and what you see. And uh-huh. because this year is so different, the scouting and uh, of the of the film, the game tape mm-hmm. is so so much more important this year than than I can ever remember because you don't have those you can't see things with you know there's no combine you're not up close watching these guys at pro day so right. you got to go off what you see right right so this week we're gonna break down the defensive back class so I want to start with the cornerbacks ahead of the 2021 draft who is your top cornerback coming out this year. Well, my top cornerback is, is uh, J.C. Horn because same. I had Caleb yeah. Gilbert Farley as my number one. Right. So we're all in the same boat there. I mean, I, I actually think that Patrick Sertan is going to be the first one taken off I the think board. So but I think that J.C. has the highest upside of the corners in this class. Agreed. And you look at, you know, you have the comparison of the J.C. Horn, the Patrick Sertan. Uh, can you kind of break down some of their games and, you know, kind of what separates both of them? Yeah, sure. Um Patrick Sertan, to me, is is he more pro-ready? Yes. Does he have a, a more refined skill set at this point? Yeah, he does. He's a plug-and-play option, yeah. and he's played some very uh, very competitive football um, for a long time. But he, And he gets his hands on a lot of footballs for pass deflections, but you like to see those turned, uh, you know, kind of converted into interceptions, mm-hmm. you know, from an from a evaluation standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's going to have to be – that's one of the things that I would say about him. You got to, you know, get your hands out there and, and catch the football and, you know, help your team that way. But I mean, he, he's a, he's a physical guy. He can play in any system. My one question for him is how, how is his long speed? How is he going to be able to defend vertical routes at the next level? Mm-hmm. But he's such a sharp minded football player, very high IQ. Like I said, this covered a, a myriad of different receivers in college football, the, the best that college football had to offer. So, I mean, when I look at him, he's ready to go right now. Yeah. And um, and then when I look at J.C. Horn, I mean, and you guys might know where I'm coming from with this. I kind of comp him to – If I, I hate doing the whole player comparison thing, but if I had to – I was asked recently about who I would comp him to, and I would, I would say more of a Jalen Ramsey. We just talked now. about it. We, we literally now, just said this. Yeah. Yo, Florida State is my school, so this makes me very happy. I was just telling Curry, I was like, he reminds me so much of Jalen Ramsey just because of his attitude, his aura, how he plays the game, physicality. He has an alpha mentality. Yeah. He has an alpha right. mentality. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because is he as polished as Jalen Ramsey is not coming out in the draft? Not, no, not at all. But – he does have that alpha mentality. He's extremely physical. He has the length, the toughness. Mm-hmm. He can defend receivers of all shapes and sizes. He has the mind, the attitude of a corner that you want on your football team that you can build around. And he has a much higher upside from an athletic standpoint. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be. Exactly. He's been able to get by, by and large, by his athleticism. And I think if you get him in the right system, and he'll be able to see his full potential. And it, it could be really scary when he reaches that top level because I think he has so much more to offer, which is why he's my top corner. Yeah, and I think we're all in agreement in that he's my top corner as well as, well as Deshaun's. But people have said that he might be a little too physical at times, getting a couple of penalties, mm-hmm. whereas Patrick Sertan wasn't penalized at all this past season. Do you think that would be a problem mm-hmm. in the NFL? Initially, I do. I, I really do. And, and mm-hmm. the thing with Patrick Sertan, that comes with his savvy – 
mm-hmm. and his, his patience and he's more of a technical corner. Mm-hmm. Whereas JC, he's more athletic, but he also sometimes he tends to get away from, from his technique and he'll panic and, and he grabs and you know, that, that keeps a lot of college receivers on their mm-hmm. toes. Cause they don't, they're not, they're afraid of playing that bully ball a lot of times, but at right. the NFL level, they're going to throw the flag often. And then sometimes that mm-hmm. physicality and aggressiveness works against you and it starts to hurt your team. So I think that getting him in to a full off season and training camp, get him with a good defensive backs coach, it's going to kind of get rid of some of those tendencies and really start to work with work with his athletic traits and some of the things that he does have to offer so that it doesn't become an issue uh, too early into his career. Agreed. And if you look at Patrick Sertan, my, my issue with him is, and he does everything correctly. He's always in phase and everything like that, but the smaller, faster receivers. We saw Chris Olave from Ohio State run past him several times when they played. Yeah, um, just to, just that the the short speed and then the long speed down the field as well. Yeah, and 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 again, that's that, that's why he's not my he's not my particular top corner because of some of those areas where you're there's some concern because you saw the struggles they're on tape. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the fluidity in his hips to you know flip his hips and run down the field vertically with. I mean, he hasn't shown that he that he can do that consistently. So now at the next level, that's an area of his game that could be exploited, mm-hmm. you know, for, for you know, for every, all the pluses that he has from a technical standpoint, from a savviness and, and a football IQ. That's that's all good and well. But teams are going to you know, they're going to force him out there and see if they can test him over the top and see if he's able to adjust. Yeah. And honestly, you know, looking at how both of them play, I feel like both are also equally grabby. Like, I feel like, you know, you know, if you look at how they play, yes, you know, Horn does is more physically, you know, he he will grab you. He'll make sure he enforces that. Nah, he'll let you know that he's there. Horn will let you know that, hey, I'm right here. Like, you're going to have to get past me. But I, I feel, I feel, I feel like both are equally as grabby. But you know the potential of both. I feel like Horn definitely has the better ceiling, and if he gets oh, no re- refined his in his technique, I feel like he mm-hmm. has the Jalen Ramsey, you know, ceiling. And Sertan, I feel like he is the more you right as you said, pro ready. He he will stay in face. He will you know he's he's a technician as you said, and I feel like his ceiling is going to be a little tapped out after a while. I mean, I could, I could be completely wrong on that, but, you know, I, that's kind of where I'm looking at it with them. No, I, I think I think you're spot on there. And, you know, it's all – it's all we're going off the evaluation, and that's pretty much what everybody does. We're going off mm-hmm. of the film. And based on what you see from him, there's always – I think he's going to be a very solid and consistent player, mm-hmm. but there is a ceiling there. But when you look at guys like a Caleb Farley or, or a J.C. Horn – they just have the, the traits that teams look for in a top tier corner. And I think that they have a lot of all pros in their future if they get in the right system and they can really tap into their athletic uh, football acumen. And with, with Patrick Sertan, I do think he can be a little capped out given, you know, he's a little limited athletically, mm-hmm. but he has all those other things that go for him as well. So I think if your team looking to get a corner that they think is going to be a surefire starter, day one, no issues you know, clean bill of health, mm-hmm. they're going to go with him. And talk to me a little bit about Caleb Farley, because I know you brought him up. Now, he has everything, basically from speed, size, the length. His ball skills are pretty good. Although I think he does get caught looking in the backfield a little bit too much. What is your mm-hmm. take on him, and how do you think his game is going to transition to the NFL level? 
Well, I think he's the most physically gifted corner in this class. Agreed. He has uh, all three of the corners really have great size, length, and he's tough. But mm-hmm. I really like his ball skills. I think that he his fluidity and movement is is you know on another level. Mm-hmm. But then again, with all that, his eye discipline is not always, and his reactionary you know mm-hmm. his reaction ability isn't always where it needs to be. And there's also that the back issue that, that came up, he missed two games of the, uh, of his last season mm-hmm. with that. And he dealt with it all season. And now he suffered a setback in the pre-draft process. Mm-hmm. He also suffered a non-contact ACL injury in yeah. 2017. Yeah. So if you're a team, you're like, for all the good things that he does, we just saw what happened with Sidney Jones, uh, you know, a couple, yeah. a few years yeah, this, ago, this who, was a, yep. Yep. who was a top tier corner and Philadelphia took a chance on him and it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Because Sidney Jones, you know, let's not, it's easy to look back and forget about that now, but he was viewed by many to be the top corner in his class. He was definitely mine. And it, <laughs> well, yeah, me too. And somebody that had all the ability, but had the injury, history, had that injury there. So, I mean, those are things that are going to factor in. He's going to certainly tumble down the first round. I don't know that he falls out of the first round entirely, but I mean, it, it was just bad timing. And how can you invest a, you know, a premier draft capital? on a player with with you know some serious medical red flags right i definitely agreed and you know the sydney jones comp or you know situation is definitely spot on because i remember that draft and actually me and teron spoke about it and i feel like in that draft process you had uh him and you also had the uh, Lattimore, right i think that was that class yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and everybody that i spoke to about the situation um, with Sidney Jones is like he is the top corner. He he will dominate games, and he he's very smart, very technical coming out of Washington and that system out there. And then his pro day happened, and he gets hurt, and you know he slipped into the um, you know he slipped a little bit, and that's why the Eagles end up taking Rasul Douglas right after that, just as insurance um, under the Joe Douglas regime. Um, sure. staying on that same line of corners that can get a little too, uh, distracted into what's going into the backfield. Let's talk about Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> who played, <laughs> yeah. who, who essentially is his, his father's son. Like, I mean, let's talk about Yes. It. Yes. And you know, for all, it's funny you mentioned that because he'd be one of the guys that if you're an NFL team, you have to feel comfortable taking him because you get the sense that being Asante's son. Asante's not going to let his son be a bust, exactly. right? I mean, he has that, you know, he has the NFL bloodlines, of course, but he's kind of a wild, a wild card out there. I would mm-hmm. say you talk about looking in the backfield. Told you. He likes to make <laughs> plays on the football. He's a ball. He's a, he's a ball hawk, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes that just like his father, mm-hmm. sometimes when you take those chances, it can also hurt your team. Yeah. It can just as much as it yes. could turn the tides. It could turn the fortune of the, and the whole, you know, the whole game, it, the whole game script. It can also hurt your team. But he's smaller, but he can play inside, he can play outside, and and he also has that, you know, I'm going to get up in your face, mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you for 60 minutes, and there's nothing dog. you can do about it. <laughs> dog. A little pit bull. Yeah, dog mentality. Yeah. I mean, right. for me, I I'm, love like, his scrappiness. I, yeah. I, I'm a Florida State guy, so you know I love Asante Samuel Jr., but... I look at him sometimes and I think that he misses a couple of plays often because he's trying to make the big play too often and not necessarily the smart play. So he's his father. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, exactly. so, so in a sense, and he is a little smaller. So I think that kind of goes against him. How do you think as far as the NFL, will that translate? Should he stay at cornerback? Because I personally think that he could potentially make the move to safety. 
Yeah, you know, and I agree with you there. And, and I'm going to throw another Florida State player your way, Lamarcus Joyner from you know, years dog. back. That, <laughs> My dog. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think that I see a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think Asante's a little bit more of an explosive, twitchier player, mm-hmm. but I certainly could see that transition at the next level because you don't want to waste his skill set and throw him in the slot. Obviously, he can play inside. True. He can play outside. He's going to struggle. You have to get him in the ideal system for him to flourish on the outside. But I think he would be much more. Uh, he'd be much better utilized with a move to safety in most systems, kind of like an Elijah Molden, if you will, um, from Washington. But I think that if you move Asante at safety, it kind of, uh, he can see the whole field. Mm-hmm. He could take his chances a little bit. And um, yeah, I, th- I think a defense would be better for it for sure. I, I think he has a lot of, um, a lot of big playability in him at the next level, mm-hmm. but I also think that he needs to work on his patience and mm-hmm. anticipation. Agreed. Hey, he agreed with me. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, he his game is his father's, but I look at another corner that's probably around his size who happens to play in Arizona right now uh, in Byron Murphy. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but the same attitude, the same kind of scrappiness at the line and, and playing receivers, do you see a little bit of Byron Murphy into Asante Samuel? Yeah, I mean, and you see that with Buda Baker. Buda yep. Baker is another undersized corner that that um, that's tough, physical, scrappy. Yeah, uh, Tyron Matthew at college, we did. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he did everything, but he he kind of fit the bill in that area too. I mean, there's there's certain systems for these guys to flourish in. It's just you know, and and there's a team, and if you're a team that 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 has that ideal fit, mm-hmm. you're going to take them in the top end of the second round, and you're going to be better for it because he's going to be a turnover machine. He's going to make plays. He's going to get in your face. He's going to get under the wide receiver's skin. And uh, he's going to be one of those guys going to have a very long career. Like I said, I do not envision his father allowing his son to fall by the wayside Agreed. and be a bust or, or go through any kind of growing pains. He's going to have someone that did it at a very high level, borderline Hall of Fame player, by the way, mm-hmm. to, to kind of bounce ideas off of. So I, I think that he's one of the safer picks when you look at okay. selecting a, a corner in the higher rounds. Right. Agreed, agreed. Last two corners for you. Give me something on Greg Newsom II, who I happen to love, and Eric mm-hmm. Stokes out of Georgia. Sure. Um, Greg Newsom's a guy that I can I can kind of anticipate going in the back end of the first round. Me too. I mean, the one concern for him before I, I mentioned some of the things that I that I like is mm-hmm. that he suffered with in, he suffered through a lot of different injuries, little nagging injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only had one interception and I believe 20 starts. So there, the, the ball production isn't there. Hmm. However, he does have the, the length, the, the eye discipline. We talk about how so many young players get baited mm-hmm. by veteran quarterbacks um, with a lack of eye discipline. I mean, he has that. He trusts what he sees. He has good anticipation and very fluid hips to turn and run up and run down the field vertically and defend any receiver that you throw at him. He's yeah. going to be able to do that. And I think that when, if you're a team and you look and see his body type, his potential, we talk about potential, we talk about that with Caleb Farley and J.C. Horn. Yeah. He also has a lot of potential, a lot of upside, not quite to their uh, ability, but uh, he's going to be a, a long-term starter on the outside for a ball club, and he's another one that has yet to scratch the surface of his capabilities. Agreed. And uh, what about Eric Stokes? Man, Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes is uh, extremely fast, very good quickness, good in transition, um, he can stay in phase with the receivers, with receivers of all shapes and sizes. He's very physical at the catch point. However, he needs to add at least a little bit, you know, probably 10 more pounds, mm-hmm. seven to 10 more pounds to his frame and get a little bit, you know, 
he's he's a little passive against the run. Uh, his physicality has been in question sometimes. Mm-hmm. His ball skills were called into question for much of his career, but he definitely rectified that this year. He had four interceptions. Um, I, I, I like his overall game. I do think that uh, Tyson Campbell, his, his counterpart mm-hmm. at Georgia, has a little bit more of an upside, but Stokes is far more refined. And I think if you're a team, you're going to feel more comfortable going with him and getting getting him under some good NFL coaching because he's going to be just fine. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's transition to the safety class. Who is your top safety coming out for the 2021 draft? Oh, Mobrick from TCU. Yes. Easy. A dog. He's yeah. a dog. <laughs> nah, animal. Animal. Talk to us a little bit about him and what makes him so good, aside from just being physically gifted. That, that dude's a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 that dude's a freak of he, nature. Well, he's tremendously athletic. He can cover a lot of ground. He's got the range. He can play in any system. He's got a lot mm-hmm. of scheme versatility. His football IQ is off the charts. He can go into the slot. He can go. He can. He can cover. You know, he can play single high. Everything. He can play in the <laughs> box. He can. There, there's not anything he can't do, right? Yeah. And he, there's just not. And in today's NFL, you need a safety or a hybrid linebacker that can do so many of these different things with mm-hmm. the influx of hybrid tight ends mm-hmm. and these dynamic running backs that are lining up in the slot and everything like that. He is the answer for those type of players. Literally, yeah. <laughs> He's, <laughs> he's he's the answer. <laughs> he's the he is the closest thing to Tyron Matthew that we've seen since Tyron Matthew. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, for, for this class yes. of safeties, it wasn't even close to me. Like who was number one and then the rest? Mm-hmm. Because he, aside from just being like, yeah, like I said, physically gifted, he can cover any position on the field. He has the ball skills. He has the vision. He's patient. He knows when to press. Like he can do everything and he can cover any player. So I think that he's going to make any team obviously better and immediately the, i think the the biggest thing i mean all those accolades are, are great i think the most impressive thing with me for him is he his angles for one mm-hmm. and he's always in phase to make a play right he has always. a nose he, he, right. he never gets caught he never gets caught off guard he's always uh in position to make a play and that that kind of goes to that shrewd football iq that i was mentioning earlier i mean that guy is going to be one of those back-end leaders that gets everybody lined up, knows everyone's responsibilities, and can kind of keep everything together, the glue of a secondary. Agreed, agreed. Talk to me about Indiana's Jamar Johnson. I like Jamar Johnson. He's just nowhere in the same ballpark athletically. Not even close. Um, as, as Trayvon. No, he's not. I mean, not he, he's – he needs to add a little bit more weight to his frame. I like to see him a little bit more active against the run. Mm-hmm. However, on the back end, I think he's very fluid in coverage, which is a, and a, is a very important trait for being a, for, for safeties in today's NFL. But yeah. you want to see that you want to be able to be a multifaceted player. I don't know that he's there yet. Um, he can locate the football. He's smart and he's rangy, but he doesn't have scheme versatility like Trayvon. Um, he's not ultra twitchy and he does miss some tackles. So yeah. there, there's certain things in his game that like, he needs to work on for sure. And, and he's still going to be, he's still my second rank safety, but I think that he definitely needs some work. I don't know that he's a plug and play option right away. I think he's going to be more of a special teams dynamo and then kind of work into a, a starting role probably halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to really like, he's going to be a player that really benefits from the preseason. Okay. Agreed. We do have a riser here uh, at safety. Talk to me about Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. Oh man, he's a he's a boomer bust type player. I mean, I um I wrote something on him last year. I really like, I mean, ball skills, 
He's he's a heady player. Mm-hmm. He's physical. Um, he's good. He's just so like he's so savvy out there, yeah. and he can make plays on the football. He's got everything that you really want in a safety, and it's, it's it was really surprising to me to see him kind of climb now because if you look at his track record, he's really been a very productive player yeah. throughout his career. And I mean, he just he sets the tone, man. He's a tone setter, and every defense needs a player like that. And I think that he's definitely climbed. He might be like my third or fourth safety. I haven't finalized that yet, mm-hmm. but I, I really like what he can bring to the table. Agreed. I think the consistency I, there is, is the most impressive trait for him. Okay, and and another and another player I, I really like is Javon Holland from Oregon. Hmm. Love Javon Holland. Oh. Uh, you know, you talk about scheme versatility mm-hmm. he's he's a hybrid type of safety he's he's uh he's got a football iq he's got a lot of experience playing at oregon uh he's another one that can play in the slot he can play single high he can play in the box and he can cover all different types of receivers and running backs he's another guy that i would kind of classify uh in the, just like trayvon morig they can kind of cover a a multitude of different pass catchers on an offense so um, he's someone that I really like, and I could easily see a team like Philadelphia be inter- being interested in him at uh, the back end of the second or possibly with pick number 70 should he last that long. Agreed. Cool. Could you give me a little bit on a Darius Washington out of TCU, someone who's yeah, rather yeah, yeah. small, rather small, let's say about 5'8", 180, I say, but he has great instincts as a safety. Uh-huh. What do you think about him and his transition to the league? Well, the thing with him is, and, and I was really, I was even higher on him than, uh, okay. but I sort of, mm-hmm. that's sort of not higher on him than Mowry, but it, higher on him before the season. And then he kind of got leapfrogged by a lot of other guys mm-hmm. and he got overlooked. He's gotten overlooked throughout this process. You don't mm-hmm. really hear him. You don't really hear him talked about as much, but mm-hmm. for a long time, he was considered to be the more productive of the two safeties mm-hmm. for a while, but it's hard to get past that size, man. That is just so small. It, That's even smaller than Tyron Matthew was in college. Right. Yeah, I don't. I think his ultimate role in the next level will be as a you know a sub package player or a nickel defender. Okay, he's a, someone that needs to have. Well, he he gets by on instincts and anticipation and and football and and his situational awareness and spatial awareness. He has to have all those things you know ironed out in his game because he's very limited in what he's able to do due to his his slight build, his smaller frame, and he's not quite as athletic as some of those other guys that I had mentioned. Gosh, I need to, I need to look more into him. Um, last two safeties for me is going to be Elijah Moten, which when you are previously mentioned, and then talk to me about somebody that we had a conversation about already in Paris Ford. Yeah, sure. Um, so Elijah Moulton's my favorite player, one of my favorite players in this entire draft mm-hmm. class. Nice. Because there's just not much that he can't do. And it's it's hard to say where you line him up because you can line him up anywhere. And those are the positionless players that teams are putting such a um s- such a precedence on getting into their getting onto their team because you just you draft them and you figure out where you're gonna put them because he can do anything. And my best comp for him would be Tyra Matthew. Uh, as I put out on Twitter before, and he's a physical player, rallies the secondary. He's a glue guy. He's uh, he's passionate. He's smart. He's tough. He's fundamentally sound. He knows he's always in the right position to make plays. And he's someone. When you name a handful of players, I was asked this question recently. Name a handful of players that you can pick them, and literally they're going to be day one starters and early contributors. He's one of them. Hmm, I like that. 
And the last one's going to be Paris Ford for me. Paris Ford was a player that I was higher on last year. And he kind of, he kind of fell by the wayside a little bit in the safety rankings, but um, he, he's extremely physical plays with, you know, plays with a mean strength. He's mean streak. He's a tone setter. Um, he's a little bit better against the run than he is against the pass, Agreed. which is a little mm-hmm. bit of a problem to be, with today's NFL safety. So he does have some limitations to his game. I don't know uh, his closing speed and, and, and his drive on the football is not where you need a back end player. To, it's not going to cut it really in today's NFL. So he's has to work on being a little bit more explosive and, and, and smooth in and out of transitions. Um, that said, his range is, is adequate enough. I'm not, I'm not completely writing him off, but he, he, he needs to work on some of the fluidity parts of his game. But I think he's, when you look at what he does, he has, he comes through with bad intentions against the run. He's <laughs> extremely, he's extremely bad physical. <laughs> yeah. He comes through with bad intentions, man. <laughs> and, and, and he's, he's one of them guys that's going to hit you in the backfield and, and, and get everybody all fired up. And, um, I, I, I do like him. He's going to be a good value pick for somebody because I do think that, yeah, he may not be ready to step right in and, and be a dominant player from day one, but you get him into the right system, get him coached up, and he's going to be a – he's a starting player at the, at the next level. No, I agree with that. That's all I got on my list, man. We really appreciate you taking the time out to drop the knowledge on us, break down these cornerbacks and these safeties. And go ahead, why don't you plug yourself real quick while you got the chance, man? Yeah, you can find all everything on InsideTheBirds.com. Um, I do, I'm doing a mailbag this week and another, I've been doing a draft notebook every Friday. Uh, I'm also on 97.3 ESPN twice a week at four o'clock. That's Tuesday and Thursday. Nice. And yeah. Man, we appreciate everything. Everybody, Andrew DeCecco, check him out on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you're on Instagram. I don't know if you're on that as well. Everybody go check him <laughs> out. We appreciate yeah, you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. A DeCecco NFL. Got it. Got it. Give me a follow. <laughs> For sure, man. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time. Appreciate it. Guys, my pleasure, man. Take care. Yeah, man. That was a lot of great insight from Andrew. We really broke down the entire, basically all the top DBs yeah. in the class. Yeah. Um, and this is this is really good information, especially on J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan II. What I really like was how he took my idea and also agreed with me that Asante Samuel should go to safety. Yeah. Like, I really think that he should move to safety because I feel like in the NFL, his aggressiveness and his over-aggressiveness at times and his size, um, I feel like he's going to have just a little bit of trouble off the bat. But like y'all said over and over, his father obviously isn't yeah, going to let him fail. He's his father's son. He's like, not, he's not gonna, he he's plays not gonna exactly let, like that. He's not going to let him fail. But I think that a move to safety, kind of like how LaMarcus mm-hmm. Joyner did, previous Florida State player, mm-hmm. I think that that might be something in his near future. Yeah. But on the more football news, man, Clowney, while we were potting, actually signed a one-year contract up worth to $10 with the Browns, man. How does that move make the Browns right now? I mean, you have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney coming off the edge for you. Yeah. With that secondary that you already bolstered this offseason, the Browns have the most talented team in that division. They do. Yes. I think they have the most talented team in the division. I feel sorry for the Baltimore Ravens, who I think – have not they gotten took a step back. I feel like they're not getting better at all. They got worse. Year over year. They got year. no, they got worse this this offseason because they lost their top two yeah, pass rushers. Yeah, they yeah, they lost they lost two pass rushers and now they still haven't signed any weapons really for Lamar Jackson. Sammy Watkins, really. 
who plays three games yeah, for a season, exactly. possibly. Yeah, who has a lot of speed, but eh. yeah, they're they're not giving him much help. So it's going to be another uphill battle for Lamar. And then of course the oh well, he can't make the passes. You know that narrative is oh, going to come follow. out. Yeah. It's going to come out. Oh yeah, it, it, it's going to come out, mm-hmm. no doubt. And I think the Steelers took a step back too, just because of the restructuring of Big Ben's contract. Yeah, why would you bring him back? Yeah, I'm I'm not bringing him back at all. So I think. At this point, it is the Browns' division to lose. Agreed. I think it's the Browns' division to lose. Before we get off of football, man, Sam Darnold. (laughs) (laughs) Offended. Feels disrespected by the Jets for not being wanted. Does Sam need to grow up? Sam, I think you need a change of heart. You should be thankful. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) For the Jets to trade you. (laughs) You you, you should be sending them gifts. Yo, I appreciate you guys not believing in me. Thank you so much. Let me go. <laughs> Let me go. I don't know why he's complaining. Like, this is a great opportunity for him. Yo, this is a win-win for him. To be with Joe Brady in Carolina? What are you doing? Yo, you got Robbie Anderson yeah. over there. You have DJ Weathers. Moore. Yeah, CMC yeah. over there. Come on, man. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, man, we don't need to hear that. Just keep the mono in New York. Yeah, yeah Sam. Just, just keep the grow mono. Up. <laughs> grow up. Grow up. Yo, Sam, I, look. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, Sam. I've been to Charlotte. <laughs> it, 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 it could get a little chaotic down there, man. It's, it's going to be a change of scenery for you. Keep your lips to yourself. Don't bring that mono down in Carolina, man. Knock it off. All right? Knock it off. On the NBA, man, some sad news as we start our NBA portion. Jamal Murray, down and out, ACL injury. That hurts. Does this one it. hurts. Does it? The Nuggets, they could be one and done in the playoffs. Yeah. They need Jamal Murray. They yeah. need Jamal Murray. After Jamal Murray put on the performance that he did last year in the playoffs, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I know they just signed Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. but they're going to miss him dearly. Yes. yes. He's a leader. He is a go-getter. He's their leader. Yeah, a bucket. He's a bucket-getter. Yeah. And he's he's built for the big moment. And the offense essentially goes through him and Jokic. So yeah, so it's gonna be tough. You think they're one and done? Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're one and done too. I don't think that they can win a because their guard play. Murray. I mean, let me let me start this. The Nuggets have really good guard play, even without Murray. They have pretty good guards, but mm-hmm. they need him. I mean, he's the alpha of the and, group. And playoff time it is different. Yeah. Th- things are a lot different. I say this all the time. Mm-hmm. The regular season. To me, it's not that big of a deal. It matters to get your reps in, to get your confidence up. But when you hit the postseason, teams are playing a lot harder. Exactly. They are a lot more aggressive. They are a lot smarter. And they know how to defend. And you are going to need somebody like Jamal Murray who can create his own shot, who can create opportunities for others, and literally go get you that bucket. Agreed. Go get you that bucket. So devastating loss for the Nuggets. Uh, prayers up for a speedy recovery, the surgery, all of that. I hope he bounces back better than ever next season. Mm-hmm. But we're going to miss you in the playoffs, man. That That's one big one that, that hurts. Definitely. The Nets lost to the Lakers over the weekend who didn't have LeBron or AD. Nets had KD, Kyrie for part of the game, who got ejected. <laughs> And was offended. <laughs> Are the Nets in trouble, man? No, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're not. That's a bad look. That's a, that's a bad look. Look, you lost one. 
you lost one to a Lakers team who's been skidding and going matter. in the wrong direction. It doesn't matter. The Nets are going to the finals. What if Kyrie takes games off in the playoffs? <laughs> it can't be his <laughs> Look, birthday man, every day. <laughs> it cannot be his birthday every day. Look, man. Kyrie said he wasn't playing the next game. And then I don't know if you put up, seen that tweet, but he said, yo, don't call me the N-word. You don't know me like that. All right. You don't know me like that. And I think he was referring to Schroeder mm-hmm. in that combo because he got ejected as well in that game. And yeah, Kyrie took that personally. He took that very personally. Do you think that it's too easy to get under his skin? Um, or do you think this is more so just on him? I think it was just on him. Like, honestly, like, I feel like Kyrie, we've seen Kyrie in big moments hit big shots. We, oh, I'm not doubting his talent. Yeah. But I'm, I feel like mentally, he's uh, this year, especially, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because everything that's going on, mm-hmm. we do have a lot going on in society. Yeah. COVID's still a thing. The Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. is huge, and he's a big advocate in that. Yeah. But for somebody to get under his skin that much, and then for him to take the next game off, Personal reasons. Yeah, he he about to use up all his PTO. Yeah, he's almost yeah. out. I'm trying to figure out. He got more PTO than me. Yeah. He got more PTO than me. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I'm honestly, I'm not worried about it, and I'm not bothered by it. I feel okay. like Kyrie, when it comes to playoffs, he's going to be there. He'll, that's where. That's when it matters. He'll be there and he'll be yeah. locked in. Yeah, uh, he knows it. Okay, and, and if he, you know, for him being somebody who is such a respecter of Kobe and how Kobe goes about mm-hmm. things. He knows when to lock in the postseason. There's okay. there's no word for that in Kyrie. An interesting thing came up over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you heard Luca's comments on the yeah play the playing game. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting. I think Mark Cuban brought up a good point. I wanted to ask you your take on it. Do you think that the condensed schedule and teams are playing more games in a shorter span? Mm-hmm. Do you think that is a hindrance to the seven to ten uh, playoff? playing games yeah i mean i i felt like they should have if they were going to shorten the season mm-hmm. the play-in tournament like you should you should have reduced it even more like if you're going to do a play-in tournament you should have reduced it at least 10 12 more games i think the format in general should just be for this maybe this year only i think they should just do the top 10 teams in each conference or just the top 20 teams overall i think it should be I've been pushing for that for yeah. a while though. I want to see I don't cuz the East is so weak compared to the yeah. West most times. All, this year the East is a little bit different, mm-hmm. a little better, but I still think the West is head and shoulders the better. Conference. But it's only you're only fighting if you're in the playing tournament, it's only seeds 7 through 12, right? Mm-hmm. 7 through 10. I mean, uh, 7, 7 through, through 10. 10. 7 through 10. Okay, so you're fighting essentially four teams, four or five teams are fighting for two spots. Yep. Okay, that's fine. Like I'm not worried about that. I I don't think that was the issue. I think it's the fact that these teams are playing four games in five days. So, five so games that's the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the issue. Right. They've condensed the schedule tremendously, but they've only reduced the amount of games by ten. Right. So they're still they're playing a ton of basketball. Mm-hmm. Three or four games a week. Yeah. Yes, they're playing a ton of basketball in a week span. Sometimes four or five games yeah. in a week, and that's pushing it. Yeah, I think. I think it, that's it's not good for the players' it's bodies. It's not. And, and, that's, and, that, and that's what Mark yeah. Cuban was saying. And especially for the short offseason, too. Like, I feel exactly. like... Exactly. On top they, of a short the NBA should have thought this through more because mm-hmm. I understand with the TV contracts and things like that, they still right. wanted the revenue to kind of flow right. through the league. But if you look at it and if you're looking at... If you're the NBA PA for the players, you're looking at this and you're like, you probably should have agreed because they had to agree on this mm-hmm. before this the true. season. This is true. They should have agreed on lesser games. So maybe two 
maybe three games max mm. per week. I think that's fine because that's usually what it is yeah. anyway. So you think they should just shorten the season more yeah. than what they already because did? Because I, I feel like, why are you throwing all these games in? It, <laughs> I get it for the TV stuff, and I, fi- I money, feel like money. for the revenue, and now you, have, now you have fans and stadiums. I get it. But at the same time, you got to look at the, for the players. Like, do you want a great pl- product in the, in the playoffs, in the playoffs or not? That's what I'm saying. Do yeah. you want a great product in the playoffs or not? And I think that right now this is going to benefit the teams that are really far ahead mm-hmm. because I think that you're going to start seeing some players rest. Yeah. Like, I'm glad LeBron is getting his rest, who's said to be back in four weeks. Yeah. AD potentially in three weeks. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> well, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But I'm actually glad that they're getting this rest right now because this schedule's gruesome. Mm-hmm. Like these players are playing back to back to backs. Like they're playing a lot of yeah. games, and that's a lot. And it's grueling on the body. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing and a, you're traveling. Yeah, that and, travel. And, and the travel, yeah. the travel on top of it, it doesn't make it any easier. So I understand kind of what Luka Doncic was saying and where Mark Cuban was coming from. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, people are just gonna look at them and say, "Win more games." Basically, I mean, win, win, win games. If, if if you're not in position to be in the playing game, you have nothing to worry exactly. about. Exactly, be a top five seed, yeah. top seven seed. Yeah, be a top seven, be a top six seed, six, six seed. I'm sorry. Yeah, be a, be a top six seed. Win more games. Right. You'll you'll be fine. And I get it, but I do think it's tough. So I think I see both sides. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Mavs should win more games, play better defense. Yeah, you give up a lot of points. But yeah, when you're playing four or five games in a week, that's tough. Yeah. That's, that's tough, and I know Luka, these guys are. Yeah. I know these guys are the top of the top mm-hmm. echelon athletes, but then they get tired too. Yeah, I'm looking at Luca too, and for somebody that they need right. to win, right? Um, I get it because he's having to pull out 35, 40 point games every day, but and 35, 40 point minutes, yeah. 40, 40 minutes per game yeah. too. I get it for him, but you know he'll be fine. Like <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> I feel eh. like I feel like after this season we won't even be talking about this no more because the players will get the proper rest they need I think, for yeah. rest for next season. I, th- I think I think you're right. Suns, man, are they gonna get that number one seed? They're close. They, they're they, very, they, they're they, very close. They've been getting really, really close. I kind of wanted them to just kind of sit at number two. You think so? Yeah, because if they get the number one seed, all those expectations, oh number one seed. Just just chill at number two. Just little, chill at number two. You know what, Chris Paul? Take a couple games off, brother. I, I, I know and, you need some rest. And, and that's the thing. I think that as it gets closer to the end of the regular season, the top players are going to start taking yeah. some games off. They, I mean, the Clippers well, are doing it now. Devin like, Booker, you are too young to take games off. Just play. But what? he's too young. No, so? <laughs> CP, you're de- old. De- please. Yeah. <laughs> take you're, some, old. Yeah. you're old. You're, you're 30, 36 years old. Please. <laughs> not gonna lie man Devin Booker is the best player on the team yes he deserves a, he deserves a break uh, he's all right he loves to play ball like just play all of them yeah. love to play ball I'm not <laughs> just play uh, I, don't, I don't know man we need would you nah. still want that two seed if the Lakers are a seven seed yeah I don't care about playing the Lakers Ooh, you talking crazy I'm not okay I'm not worried because here again I hear you here's the thing with, with, I, no, with no AD the Suns beat the Lakers yes yes Yes, yes. Bet, <laughs> bet. All right. Without without AD, I oh. think the Suns. I think they give the Lakers a problem. I do. Okay. No okay. AD. Okay. No AD. Remember okay. this. No. Nah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna bookmark this conversation. Okay. All right. No AD. The Suns get the Lakers out of here. <laughs> LeBron losing the first round. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I will personally fly to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I think I think it's going to be a lot tougher than you think. 
to beat the Suns. Oh no, I think the Suns are a great team because yeah. one, they can defend and they're just efficient. They're, they're super. They're top. Super they're top efficient. five offense. They're top 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 five defense. They're super super efficient. I'm more scared of them than I am the Jazz. Yeah, I'm Easy. not worried about the Jazz. Honestly, I'm not. Nobody is. <laughs> it's Utah, remember? The Suns just knocked off the Jazz. Like, they that's, just literally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, it just seems like they can't pass them for that number one seed. But, I mean, hey, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting. As playoffs get closer, we're going to see. The team, the team, honestly, that gives the Suns the most issues, for some reason, is the Clippers. That's the team. Guard, guard play. They're the only team in the league Guard that gives play. the Suns really big issues. And I think it's because of the length of, of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, I feel like those two two-way wings that play really well, I feel like they're just giving the Suns issues. I have no idea why, but they, they seem to be the issue because the Suns, they play well against the Lakers. They, they play, even when AD was a lot, yep. was playing, they played very well against the, the Lakers. So The Suns can battle. And, I mean, they have size. Right. Like, they have size. They have three or four big bodies they can throw in there at any yeah. point in time. So, yeah. yeah. They have size. I'm not going to lie, though. Lakers with a Draymond. Uh, Draymond. Draymond. With a, <laughs> with a Drummond, excuse me. With Drummond, who's coming into his yeah. own in L.A., mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a problem Yeah, if A.D. comes back. But that's all I got, man. Let's get some quick takes in before we wrap up. Steph Curry passed Wilt Chamberlain on the Warriors' all-time scoring list. Salute to that man. For sure. Cuzzo, I see <laughs> I see you, Cuzzo. I see you down there doing your thing, man. I want to shout out to Kobe Bryant. As of yesterday, on April 13th, Kobe scored 60 in his final game in L.A., so salute to the Mamba, Mm -hmm. the legend, my favorite player. Mm -hmm. And Justin Fields, man, holding a second pro day. Is this needed for him? No. I don't Him and Trey Lance are both doing it. I don't care. Mike Jones did it as well. I don't care. I'm I'm not sure why Trey Lance did it, honestly. I don't know why Um, Mike Jones did it. (laughs) Not sure why Mike Jones did it. It seems like he is solidified in that three spot, Mm -hmm. which is still mind-blowing to me, that the 49ers are going to give up all that. For Mac Jones. For somebody who has a weaker arm than Fields. Not better than Fields. Not better than Fields. Definitely not athletic like Fields. No. But apparently he's a smart quarterback and he fits into the San Francisco system. For Mac Jones. Here's the thing. I want to kill this right now. Any quarterback can play in the Shanahan offense. It's a QB friendly it, offense. It, which is why I don't understand how is he the better system player for you. Yeah. If any player can play in your system, if if you want somebody who's less athletic and not a strong arm to be in your system, your system's flawed exactly. in my book. So I'm just not seeing that comparison. It's a QB-friendly offense. I don't understand why why Mac has to be the answer for you at three when you have a Justin Fields who just excelled. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, the game against Clemson, I don't have to say anything else. That that right there should have solidified his spot. Yeah, number three. To me, to me, right after well, actually, to me, right I'm sorry. after to me, right He's after number two. Lawrence, He's my yeah. number two quarterback. To me, yeah. right after Lawrence. I didn't see Zach Wilson, so Wait, Zach Wilson, really. Yeah, let's, I'm, and let's, I'm, <laughs> Zach Wilson, really. Yeah, I mean, look, look, man. I don't make the list. I don't make the rules. I don't understand how he leapfrogged Justin Fields. We'll see. We'll see, man. And before we get out of here, man, I have to say rest in peace to DMX, mm-hmm. who was a legend. Yeah. Icon. Yeah. In the rap game, man. For sure. X going to give it to you. He is. (laughs) Every every single time, man. Shout out to all the essential workers. Shout out to all those pushing for change. A special shout out to all those protesting right now in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Please be safe. Yes. Please, please wear your mask. And also just watch out and be on alert because the cops are definitely going to protect their own, Mm -hmm. clearly. 
And those protests could get a little violent. So just be safe out there. I want to send my prayers and condolences to the family and friends of Dante Wright again. Yes. What happened was wrong. And I really, really hope that that cop is charged with manslaughter. Yeah, I mean, we need accountability. That, that's the bottom line. We need accountability for what's going on in this country. I feel like, you know, everybody out there that's really applying the pressure mm-hmm. out there, again, please be safe. Please. Protect your own. Please. And make sure everybody's good. You know, just be, be aware of what's going on. Please. Um, the other thing, guys, please, please, please like, share, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and any other platform you listen to us on. Our numbers have been really good lately. Please push us, share us, like us, and subscribe. We need these subscriptions. Leave a comment, all those types of things. Yeah, man. Everybody be safe, be smart, and please, please send prayers up, man. For sure. Out. Yep. It ain't no debate, no way, ain't no escape Big dog eating off the plate, cool breeze marked with the same Flexed up now, John Cena, rocked up more than Serena Wife a baddie looking like Nia, more drip, more than a leader I'm at the wood, I said I would get No mediocre, I'm feeling like tip Sound like to me, we got us a hit, they can't even drip line So savvy is a swag daddy, red eye flights out to Cali Holding bags looking like a caddy, penthouse vibes, no addy this is the wave that give them no feeling Rappers be capping, no, I don't feel you Feel like the man when I walk through the building Too many scars and spiritual healing I got a million dreams I got a million schemes We going crazy, we going crazy We got the winning team